Hello and welcome to Get Your Play On, the industry podcast for playwrights and theatre makers. I'm Sam Brady. And I'm Ginny Manning. Hi everyone, so for this episode, Sam and I were talking to our friend Kimberly Andrews from London Playwrights. So London Playwrights is a fantastic resource. Um, it's not just available to people in London. It's not just about London. So don't be put off by that if, like us, you're from the rest of the world. Um, but it's a really good uh, national resource for playwrights. It's got all sorts of great stuff on, courses, um, opportunities, uh, lots of development stuff. Really worth having a look at that. So this is Sam and I talking to Kimberly. Welcome, Kimberly. It's great to have you on the podcast. We've been uh, looking forward to talking to you for, for quite a while, but COVID yeah, got, got in the way and everything. Yeah. Um, so how, how have you been getting on during uh, lockdown? Um, yeah, okay. It's been crazy. It's been really busy um, trying to keep everything going with London Playwrights. Um, and then I've got my, I've had my two children at home as well. So um, I think a bit like everyone kind of juggling everything through lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's quite, it's starting to feel a little bit more normal now, I suppose. Oh, good, good. Yeah, I know it has been uh, crazy like for all of us. So Kimberly, tell us all about London Playwrights Workshop and um, and what what you do there. Um, so we are an organisation that um, we aim to provide a community for playwrights, really, and we do that through providing um, a roundup of the of playwriting opportunities, and we provide resources and workshops and events, um, uh, all with the aim really of supporting writers and helping them to develop and. Um, ultimately to help them kind of maximise the chances of getting their work on stage and um, and to keep them writing, really. And, and did you, was it you who set that up in the first place? Uh, yes, it was myself and Ali Smith. Um, Ali Smith's a good friend of mine and we'd done our Masters together. Um, that was about 12 years ago now, so quite a while ago. Um, but we kind of found that when we finished uni, um, obviously... While we were at uni, we were kind of um, in that bubble where we were able to make theatre and, um, you know, get work on stage as part of our course. And we found that when we finished, it was kind of hard to find where those opportunities were. There was kind of a gap between, you know, if you're lucky enough to be on one of these courses, um, you know, it's brilliant. But then when you come out, there's a gap between kind of writing work and getting it up on stage. So we thought um, we wanted to do something really to kind of try and bridge that gap and to try and connect writers with the opportunities that, that are out there, but it's kind of sometimes known where to find them. So um, we set up in 2013 as a, just the blog back then, and we put all the opportunities together in one place. That was kind of our plan. And from there, it kind of grew and grew, really. We kind of uh, built a bigger community, and that's when we started branching out into other projects and um, workshops and script consulting and events and things like that. So do you feel a palpable sense of community now? Do you feel, even under lockdown, that you 
have people that you can uh, communicate with re- regularly and support each other yes we do and that's what's the that's the really wonderful thing about it actually over the years we've really built up that community um and it's really nice because we're always getting new people join um and talking to us online and you know giving us that kind of feedback um so it kind of makes it all worthwhile really when when you've kind of got that community and there are people who've kind of supported us from the beginning as well which is really nice fantastic yeah, because I mean, it's London Playwrights Workshop, um, but it is very much kind of a national thing now, isn't it? I mean, we're members of it and we're not in London. And so that that's interesting how that sort of spread out from that original brief. Yeah, that's really great, actually, because we set it up because when we set it up as London Playwrights, we were both living in London, Ali and I, and it made sense, you know, we were looking to connect writers with those opportunities in London. So, um, but it's really, yeah, so our name almost doesn't kind of fit now because we have members and subscribers from uh, all over the country. And um, in America as well, actually, we have quite a lot of, um, quite a lot of support there, which is really nice. Um, and what's been really good, actually, is our workshops that we usually run in London. We are moving those to Zoom now and we're just in the process of kind of programming all of those. So that's great because then that also includes um, our supporters and members from different parts of the country. Um, it just makes it all a bit more accessible um, and it also makes it cheaper because we don't have to worry about hiring space in London, which is always a bit of a challenge. And uh, so tell us a bit more then about about the various things that you offer, the opportunities that you offer to playwrights and theatre makers. So we offer um, so workshops. That's been a big thing that we've done over the last few years. Although obviously this year that's been um, those, those have been put on the back burner a little bit. Hence um, we're working on creating a program of Zoom workshops, um, script consulting services. We offer, um, of course, we do the the opportunities. We try and put those all in one place. That's kind of the that's kind of the backbone of our work. Really, that's what we started off doing, and that kind of is still. I think it's still the main reason and people visit our website to look at those opportunities. Um, And we also provide lots of online resources and online courses and um, original content, advice posts from other writers. And um, yes, what else do we do? Lots of projects. And so things like our online um, book club, play club, where writers are invited to submit a 10 minute piece um, inspired by the text we've chosen that month. And then um, selected plays get performed in London at the end of the year. Um, things like that, member member meetups and events and um yeah, so lots going on, really. Should we take it one one of one of those at a time, then, or have you got a particular? Question? Yeah, it's a bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that's, let's, um, I let's know, talk about the. So the opportunities. Let's talk about that. So how do you how do you communicate those? Is there a mailing list or? Yes, yes. So we um, so we post opportunities throughout the week whenever we find them, and then every Friday we put them all in a big list, um, which can be sent out uh, via our mailing list, and it also goes online as well and it's on all our social media play club that's a particularly interesting project that you're running at the moment so play club is our online book club um so a while back we had an online book club that was just basically a facebook discussion on a chosen text and it really wasn't getting very much engagement it didn't seem to to really be much of a hit with our members so um george our literary projects manager he came up with the idea to um have writers invited to submit a 10 minute short play inspired by the chosen text each uh, we do it every other month now so uh, we'll do we'll do about four a year 
Um, so, and then selected, select the selected short plays are then performed in an event in London at the end of the year. So we did our first one last December at the Old Red Lion and it was fantastic. It was a really, um, it was a really nice event. Um, lots of support for the writers there and, um, we did it as a panel event as well. So we had a panel giving feedback to the writers, which was really nice. So we're hoping that this year we'll be able to do the same thing. I'm not, um, entirely sure how that might work, but if we have to delay it a bit, we will, but we still planning on going ahead with this year's event how do you choose the text to get the playwrights to respond to because i know you had lungs by duncan mcmillan didn't you and um, what's the most recent yeah what's the most recent one um actually the most recent one has just been released today which is the last one of the year and it's as you like it by shakespeare oh, so that's kind of an easy one to find <laughs> and how do you do you choose those um, I don't choose them. George chooses them. He's our literary projects manager and he's um, he's in charge of Play Club. It was all his idea and he's in charge of choosing the text. We, we both work together really just to try and find something that's accessible, um, easy to, you know, easy to get your hands on. And um, we try to choose a variety of texts throughout the year. Yeah, great, great. Uh, it's really interesting. Sorry, how many, how many texts have you uh, put forward so far this year before... This current one. This year, um, actually, we've done five this year because we've done an we did an extra we did an extra one um, that was open to everyone, not just our members. We did that a lockdown version of it, so so that everyone could apply. And do you get a lot of application? Um, a lot of entries because I know that um, the number of entries for different competitions absolutely boomed once lockdown hit. Because of course, everybody's more motivated perhaps more motivated but to certainly have a different amount of time on their hands so has have you found that yourself yeah we have found that we have got more than we used to have I don't know whether that's just because of lockdown or whether we're building up kind of an audience um, and I think it sometimes um, depends on the play we choose as well that that's why we've gone for Shakespeare for this last one of the year because um, we know that it's very easy just to you can see it online or you know it's much easier to yeah. get hold of so I think that has an impact that's, as well yeah, absolutely it, it can be a bit difficult it, accessing plays sometimes, can't it? Especially if, if money's an issue. Yes, yeah. And some are more expensive than others as well, I think, you know. Um, and especially, I think, when lockdown began and it was hard to kind of order things online as well from some places. So it was harder for people to get a hold of yeah. the texts. And, you know, we don't want people to have to go and spend a lot of money just so they can take part in play clubs. So we really kind of trying to find plays that are maybe in the public domain or they're they're cheap to buy. Are there any particular um, works that have come through uh, that have been submitted that have caught your your eye this year? Uh, We have. um, So every round of submissions, um, we we choose them kind of as they... So we read them all and then we choose one. So we've chosen uh, um, four already um, who will be taking part in the event in, in hopefully in December... Um, yeah, so but the, you know the quality is always really fantastic. And what I love about Play Club is that you get such a variety of responses. Everyone's read the same text, but you get such different submissions. I don't think I've ever kind of read two that are really similar or anything. So it's amazing to see how people come up with such different ideas from from the same starting yeah. point. And are the people who've come through this time, those four people, are they people who've had quite a lot of work on before, or are they? 
very new or um i think a lot of them are very new actually yeah yeah which again is great it's it, it's mm. even more fantastic sometimes if you can give someone their first opportunity to get their work on stage that's that's really great um, and i know that was the case last time in the event that we did last december we had a couple of writers who hadn't had anything on stage before so that was really good yeah, it does sound like a really good opportunity for, for people who uh, yeah, are new to it because it seems very, it's a real sort of meritocracy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Exactly. You know, we don't know any of the writers who submit and we just read them all kind of on face value. Um, and it, you've kind of provided that level kind of playing field already by just providing the inspiration. And I think sometimes some of the best ideas do come from those opportunities where there are parameters set for a writer. You know, you can't just write a short play on anything. It has to be kind of in inspired by something I think that can be a really good way to kind of get ideas flowing definitely how about um you know you said you um offer a script development service Kimberly can you just um give us a bit of information about about um what you look for and how you critique because um both Sam and I are members of a writing group and I know there'll be people around the country who have their own writing groups and sometimes it's you know it can be a bit difficult to get that right when you're feeding back to somebody yeah I think that's really important um, and that's something that I think about a lot when I'm giving feedback um, I think a lot of the time Um, it can be the way you deliver it as well but it's really important to be constructive and it's really important to be positive Um, ultimately I think of course you want to be honest with the writer and uh, you know you want to kind of give them pointers where they can improve what they're doing Um, but I think the main thing is you want to inspire them to to carry on writing and to develop their work even further so I try to be um, in my feedback and and, you know the team as a whole we try to be very very honest um, but very very positive as well and kind of to really offer that constructive criticism that will kind of give we want to give confidence and not kind of totally deflate the writer who sent their work to us so it's kind of it's a fine balance I think with feedback. Do you find that that there's certain things that recur that um for example is that why you've done a dramatic structure um workshop because you've identified that's something people have difficulty with online workshops? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, structure is one of the big things. I think, you know, for writers just starting out and it can continue to be a challenge kind of, you know, even as you become more experienced. I think there's a real tendency with a lot of the plays that I see, and I'm sure that I do this myself when I'm writing as well. Um, But to kind of whilst you're finding your feet, when you're writing the first draft of your play, um, the the kind of first, you know, the opening scenes... um, can be really long as you know we're trying to kind of work out our idea and where we're going with it and then I often find that the ending the bit that's supposed to be the most dramatic um is kind of rushed and that's kind of one of the common things that I see um and I'm sure that as I say that I do it as well um and that was kind of where the idea for the mastering dramatic structure course came from um just to kind of really address those issues and to provide something that writers can really kind of get their teeth into in terms of structure because I think there isn't kind of that much information out there and kind of whilst you don't want a rule book or a formula um it's I kind of wanted to provide something that kind of goes a bit deeper into kind of how structure works um so hopefully that will be helpful for writers 
great. And how about the dialect, the dialect online course as well? I haven't had a chance to do it, but I'm totally fascinated by that. Well, actually, writing a regional dialect, that's something that I'm really passionate about and really enjoy doing. Um, I'm from the Black Country, originally near Wolverhampton. And so when I first started writing plays, um, I wanted to kind of capture the dialect where I was from. You don't see it on stage that often or on television that often. Um, and I kind of wanted to capture that. Um, and it kind of, you know, different ways of kind of getting that down on the page kind of really interested me. Um, you know, writing really phonetically, that's not always great if you're sending your work to a theatre because they might not understand what you've done. So it's kind of striking a balance between making what you've written legible, but also capturing the kind of patterns of a certain dialect. Um, and I think that's quite, I think it's quite important because otherwise everything's kind of written in, you know, standard English. And, you know, it's nice to kind of show all the different regions in the UK and how different, how differently we all speak, which I'm always really fascinated by that, how people, you know, can have such different dialects, even, you know, just living a few miles away from each other. And I think it's really yeah. interesting when that's captured on the page. Yeah, but yeah, well, especially up here. Um, yeah. <laughs> around here in Liverpool um, and the north there's is, is like a multitude yeah. of different accents yeah even just between me and Ginny who were just down the road from each <laughs> yeah. other yeah but, it's, it's so true I often say you know between the black country and Birmingham it's a few miles down the road but we you know it's very there's kind of real different patterns to the way in which you speak so yeah, that's one thing I'd found I think when I started writing I just hadn't seen my dialect on stage at all before so yeah I think that's quite important as you said I think it's really important for people who want to write and new writers to actually you know to see themselves represented on stage in that way yeah and yeah. it kind of makes you realize you can do it for yourself if you kind of see it out there already yeah, yeah absolutely so I'm just wondering then so you put these courses online so have you had to adapt them quite I mean what what can people expect in terms of the experience of doing an online course with you guys? So our online courses that are available as a resource on the website, they're very much um, the purpose of those is so that people can actually dip in and out of them whenever they want and they can do them whenever they want and they stay they stay live on our website um, indefinitely so that people can just do them in their own time. So they might be comprised of videos um handouts that you can download and um, exercises that you can download and work through in your own time as well um, and then there's always the kind of option to discuss what you've found um, on our Facebook group or on Instagram um, or just on our website as well um, and then we're kind of in the process of coming up with online workshops that are actually kind of live and a bit more of a live workshop experience where people can participate in that way. So let's talk about, about playwright development again so as as I understand it, people can, um, there's a forum for which you um, you get people to send their work in and then you choose set a certain number of those to help d- develop and support their career. Yes, that's right. So the, um, this is the first year we've done this. We've got something called London Playwrights 2020. Um, every year we do something, in January, we do something called RAP, which is write a play. And that's our January playwriting challenge where members can sign up and we send prompts via email every day throughout January with the intention that if you follow them you can write a first draft of a play Um, of course you don't have to but the premise of it is that it's a real bonus whatever you end up writing you know whether it's 10 pages or a full script Um, and so we've been doing that for 
three years now. Um, and last year, we what we thought we'd do is use that as a way to identify writers who we could work with throughout the year and develop. So we invited all of those writers who participated in RAP to send us their work in progress scripts. Um, whatever they'd done, it didn't matter if it was a full script or just, you know, half of it or whatever they'd done. And then from there, we selected four writers who we've been working with throughout the year to develop their career and their craft. Um, the, the plans for it obviously changed because of COVID. Um, the plan was to meet regularly for workshops um, and have actors come in and read things. But at the moment, it's been very much kind of like one-to-one dramaturgy instead, which, you know, has worked really, really well. Yeah, um right. But it's, so we're still doing it. We're kind of soldiering on and I'm sure we'll be able to soon maybe do some workshops kind of involved in that. But the plays that we're working on, they're really, really good. I can't wait to get them up on stage. They're, they're really good. Have you got a timeline for that at all? Or are you just waiting to see what happens? Yeah, the, well, the plan, I mean, originally the plan was by December to have um, readings of the plays up on stage um full full length readings of all four of them so i'm not sure whether we'll be able to do that and the the scripts because we've been working kind of on a one-to-one basis with the writers the scripts are actually in quite a good place um so i think maybe we'll have to move some of it online i think we might do instead of doing a table read at a venue i think maybe we'll look at doing that online soon um and i'm hoping we could still do the readings in december but who knows um might be early next year instead who knows mm. but but we still we're determined to do it regardless so what are your what are your criteria for sort of choosing out, out of all the the plays that you read then to choose those four? What was it about those four that that stood out for you? Well, what we were really looking for was um, unique writing voice. You know, an indi- a sense of the individual voice coming through. Um, a good idea, a good story. Of course, because people had written these plays in a month, we weren't expecting a polished, finished script. Um, but we were just looking for that potential, really, that spark of an idea and that unique voice um, and something that really interested us that we could work with throughout the year and develop. Yeah, that, that's, that's really interesting, that thing about voice. and Because um, it can be a really, well, for one thing, it can be quite an elusive thing, particularly for new writers, to know what people are talking about when they talk about voice. But uh, even if you do have a sense of what it means, it's also really elusive to sort of find it as a new writer, isn't it? It is. It's difficult because it's kind of, um, as well, if you're working on different ideas, I think obviously your voice comes through in a different way. Um, And, you know, it's not something you can just you know, it's not something you can make appear. It's either kind of there or it, or it isn't. Of course, you can develop it and you can make sure that it does come across in your writing. Um, so I think it comes across when um, when you can tell a writer's really connected to their idea. Um, I often, when I'm giving feedback to writers, say, why are you, you know, why are you writing this particular play now? Um, what connects you to the idea? Why are you so passionate about it? Why does it need to be you writing it? And I think that when you can tell a writer's really connected to their idea in that way, their kind of unique and individual voice comes through even more. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, that that sort of makes sense. I think it's something that we're all continually working on, I suppose. But I think that sort of ties into that idea, I suppose, of yeah, writing about something that you that you really care about. I heard a really good piece of advice from um, Claire Barron, is it, who... Uh, 
Yeah, she said, I think she got it from someone else, <laughs> but just about, um, write the thing. Like if you, if you had one more day to write, you know, and then you were going to disappear from the planet, what would you want to say? And I keep coming back to that all the time because quite often it's easy to start writing about the things that you think other people want you to write about rather than a sort of urgent thing you, you want to say, isn't it? I think that's a really good point. I think it's about kind of not second guessing what's out there, you know, thinking plays maybe on a particular subject are really popular at the moment so let's try and write something like that it's about writing you know something that you're really connected to personally and I think you know with that the advantage is you might be writing something that hasn't been seen on stage before or isn't kind of you know already around so I think um, that's a really important thing not to kind of second guess what you think you should be writing about and write the thing that you're really passionate about yeah. yeah, definitely. Are there any sort of trends that you've noticed lately then in terms of what people think they ought to be writing or perhaps, you know, trends in terms of, uh, yeah, what people theme and, and subject matter and things? Um, I haven't really. Do you know when we did the submissions for, for rap, I, that was one thing that really surprised me actually that all the plays were so different because I was maybe expecting to see plays um, about kind of similar themes or ideas um I think at the moment I'm wondering how many people will be writing their coronavirus plays um so maybe that will be a new trend that we might see kind of next year coming through I'm wondering if, if all the submissions will kind of be about that um but yeah I think it's still amazing that you can you know have these kind of open submissions and still and you can receive you know hundreds of them and still kind of you know see that all the ideas are so different I think that's what's really amazing Mm. that seems to be reflected as well in your um in um sort of the ethos of London playwright you prioritize everyone being involved don't you yeah we really do I think um you know that's one of the reasons we set up in the first place that we want it to be inclusive um I think we just wanted to provide that kind of really supportive space for writers um, to be part of a community and to support each other and to help each other. And, you know, everyone should be included in that. And I think, you know, that kind of goes hand in hand with, you know, wanting to see a variety of different voices on stage and that kind of variety of stories. Like, I think if we don't have that, it's really detrimental to the kind of theatrical landscape in the UK if we only have stories from a really small selection of people. Um, so it's really important to me and to, to all of us on the team that we that we are inclusive and accessible in that way. Do you think things are going to change now, Kimberly? Do you think there will be a change post-COVID in, in terms of accessibility and equality within theatre? I think, I think there could be because I do think there will be... Um, if there are less, you know, if there are fewer venues open, I think there might well be fewer people who are willing to take that chance on new writers. Um, you know, they might, sorry, they might choose to produce the work of, a, of an established writer that is kind of guaranteed to get bums on seats rather than kind of taking a punt on a new writer in that way. Um, and I think that as a result of that, we might see kind of a fewer, you know, a smaller selection of writing voices out there. Um, but then I think with all the virtual opportunities as well, as I was saying before, that kind of makes, makes things all the more accessible. So I'm hoping that that kind of counteracts the kind of smaller selection of voices we might see on stage. Mm. And, um, how would you describe the current situation about getting new writing on in London? Obviously, we're right in the middle of the COVID coming out of lockdown in some places and, and, and not in others, but, 
just what's your general feeling about it? Um, I mean, I am I am worried, I think, about new writing at the moment because, of course, um, the situations with theatres being closed. Um, I mean, it was difficult already to get your work seen. It's not a kind of an easy process. It's definitely doable, but obviously there are different routes in terms of whether you send your work to one of the bigger theatres and hope that it's kind of read and, you know, something comes from that, or you can go down the route of self-producing. Um but obviously what's a bit worrying at the moment is some of those smaller venues where you would be looking at self-producing. They might not reopen. They're obviously not open at the moment, but they're in a real kind of danger. Um, and, you know, I think anyone who has worked in the arts over the last 10 years probably um, will know that it's kind of very much underfunded as it is. Um, and it's always kind of when you're producing something, it's always on a shoestring budget. There's never enough money. And so there's never enough time. Um, and I feel, you know, that that's obviously that, you know, even more of a risk at the moment. So, um, you know, and I worry about kind of what comes with that, because I think that um, a knock on effect is that we end up with um, a reduced kind of number of stories that make it to the stage because there are kind of fewer new writing venues and therefore perhaps uh, fewer kind of chances that theatres will take a risk on a new writer. Um, and going back even further than that, I think perhaps fewer people who can kind of get into playwriting in the first place. So I think that is all, you know, it's a real concern. Um, but then along with that comes, I think there's like a real resilience within the theatre world and uh, and within playwriting. Um, I know that when lockdown was announced, um, we've never seen so many playwriting opportunities pop up in one week. I agree. Um, you know, in all the years we've been doing this, it just, I mean, putting together that weekly roundup that Friday took longer than it ever has before. Um, it was crazy. And I think it's, you know, it's really great to see all those kind of virtual opportunities coming up. Um, and it feels in a way that that's kind of somehow more accessible. Yeah, absolutely. Because I guess, um, you know, it's cheaper to do, um, you know, so I kind of, in some ways, it's kind of making things more inclusive and making it easier for people to actually get their work heard and seen, which, you know, it's vital, isn't it? When you've written a play, you want to hear it and you want to see it. So, um, yeah, I think in some ways it's really inspiring and amazing. Um, but obviously that shouldn't be a kind of substitute for, you know, proper funding. Um, but yeah, there's lots of stuff out there at the moment and it's really exciting to see. There's been a really great reaction by two of the main theatres in Liverpool here to this situation. Um, because there's a limitation to what work they can put on, for example, um, the Everyman Theatre is working really hard to um, support freelancers. And the Unity are using their space rent-free for, for artists. And also they are renting their space at a very reduced rate for community groups as well. So I do think that people are reacting in a really positive and, and inspiring way. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, I think just the kind of surge in digital opportunities, and I've seen some of the, you know, smaller theatre companies and fringe companies doing this, but also some of the bigger theatres as well seem to be kind of offering different things and different support for freelancers. So I think you're right. I think there's definitely um, a, a kind of a, a good positive spirit there with people pulling together and trying to support the community in that way. Yeah, it's great. 
So I wanted to to ask you. So you, um, it's really interesting to me that you, you know, as a, as a playwright yourself, saw this sort of um, need for for something like this community for playwrights, and you've put a lot of work into doing this and and uh, helped out a lot of other playwrights. But in doing that, you know, what what have you got out of it yourself as a playwright? As it, you know, I'm interested in, I suppose, the idea that uh, the more you give, the more you get back. Has that been your experience? It has for me, yeah. Um, I think it really, it's really taken kind of my own career in a different direction because one thing I didn't know before I started this was that I really enjoy working with other writers and helping them to develop their work um when we started the blog it was very much you know um a need for ourselves because as playwrights we saw this gap and we wanted to fill it um but then i soon realized that actually i really enjoy the kind of writer development aspect of things so i get a a lot of kind of satisfaction from being able to work with writers in that way um and i think it also kind of um being around other writers and helping them kind of to develop their work then i think about my own writing as well well it's always quite inspiring um and you know if I'm explaining something to do with structure to another writer when I come to writing my own thing I'm kind of thinking about the things that well in theory I'm thinking about the things that I've said um so you do learn as well I think you learn a lot about stories and storytelling from working with those other writers and reading all of those scripts kind of always learning from that yeah I think one of the best ways that we learn is by explaining something to somebody else isn't it it's a it's the thing that really makes it go in and I my wife's a teacher and I know they do a lot of that in schools now where they get kids to teach something to another kid and the kid who's doing the teaching actually learns you know it goes in so I think there is something about that about us all helping each other and we, we all learn together it's really good so um I was just wondering then so if somebody wants to get involved with the the, the London Playwrights workshop uh community and they they don't know where to do it where do they start how do they get involved um so by going to our website uh, londonplaywrightsblog.com all the information is on there um people can get involved in different ways i think just you know supporting our blog visiting our website engaging with us on social media um that's always good and then we do our kind of paid membership as well which supports our organization so people can sign up for that on our website and um basically it costs three pound 63 um, per month and that gives members access to lots of resources such as our online courses um, discount on script consulting discounts on in-person workshops as well and um, lots of discounts lots of resources downloads things to help them developing their writing and um, ultimately that's kind of what keeps our organization going and that's what supports us and um, you know helps us to kind of create other opportunities for writers and to do some of the projects that we've been able to do. It's tremendous value for money, I will say that. I think it's the only thing with the name London in the title that I've ever said comes in with fantastic value. There's not much you can get in London for £3.63. Yeah, that is kind of one of the things that we've said. It's kind of, um, you know, for around the price of a coffee, isn't it? And I think that's probably, before we know it, that will be probably much cheaper than a coffee in London. So it's definitely (laughs) worth it. And I think, you know, the people who sign up as well, they do so, um, you know, they get to access all of this great stuff and all of these resources. But ultimately, they, um, you know, they support us to keep the opportunities going and to keep the blog going, which is free for everyone. So it's kind of, you know they're supporting the next generation of playwrights as well by supporting us in that way 
Yeah, yeah. I just want to ask one more thing um, as well. Um, so, yeah, just if there's one piece of advice that you would give playwrights um, during lockdown or just generally, what what would it be? Particularly emerging playwrights, I'm thinking. Well, I think that um, in terms of during lockdown, I think as a kind of precursor to any advice I would give, it would be not to put too much pressure on yourself at the moment. I think it's been a really, really weird year. And I know you've probably seen lots of stuff flying around about writing your King Lear during lockdown. Um, You know, there's a lot of pressure. And as good as it is to see all these virtual opportunities popping up, it can make you feel like you're falling behind if you can't keep up with those. Um, And I think with the uncertainty at the moment, it's not always kind of, it doesn't go hand in hand with feeling inspired if you're feeling kind of stressed out about coronavirus or, you know, everything that comes with that. So I think I would say not to put too much pressure on, but then um, I think sounds kind of contradictory, but to keep writing if you can. And, you know, any small amount you do, you don't have to worry about kind of writing a whole play in a few weeks, you know, just chip away, keep writing, um, keep reading, even watching television, watching films, you know, online streams of plays, there's lots of those out there at the moment, which is really great. Um, But keep every time you're kind of reading something or exposing yourself to stories in that way, you're learning. Um, And every time you write, you're learning, even that play that you wrote and you don't like and you never looked at again and you never showed anyone, you've you've learned something from it because you've learned why you don't like it. Um, You know, so you're always learning, always developing and nothing is kind of ever wasted. So I would just my advice to anyone would just be to keep going, really, and just to keep just to keep doing it. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Kimberly. Yeah, it's been great. Thanks. Thank you. It's been great. Thanks for having me. My children have been unusually quiet downstairs. I'm a bit concerned, yeah. actually. <laughs> <laughs> what they might go. be up to, what, what I might find when I go. <laughs> oh, well, thanks again. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks okay, very okay. much for having me. I've really enjoyed listening to the other episodes as well. It's a really useful thing for playwrights. I think, um, you know, how to get your play on and what to do. I think it's just so useful. Yeah. Well, thanks, Kimberly. Oh, uh, thank you so thanks. much. Thanks. Bye. Take care. Bye bye. So that was a really good chat with Kimberly, wasn't it? Um, a lot of interesting stuff on there. Um, just to recap, she talked about um, the courses that they do online and how they're moving a lot of that stuff to Zoom, which we'll say a bit more about that, I think, in a minute. Um, the opportunity stuff is fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, have you, have you, have you Have you ever followed up on, on those? Yeah, well, I, um, I cottoned on to learning playwrights quite a while ago because I realised it was such a good resource and the membership is is um it's such a reasonable amount of money you can know, choose it's unbelievable. yeah you can choose how much to pay but it's generally the price of a cup of coffee um and you get access to these fantastic workshops um of course it used to be in person in london so this is probably one of the few situations where zoom has actually been an advantage because now we've all got access to these workshops online at the moment there's uh, redrafting dramatic um, a dramatic structure and there's new workshops coming up all the time so I think it's really worth joining and checking out mm. the website what's the url Ginny it's londonplaywrightsblog.com londonplaywrightsblog.com so yeah worth yeah. going along and joining absolutely and depending of course when you're listening to this podcast um, at the moment they've got an introduction to musical theatre coming up 
also writing for audio, playwriting for everyone, the redrafting program, lots of lots of um, resources. And I imagine these will be rolling. So like I say, it's always worth checking out the podcast. And Kimberly reflected this in her knowledge, didn't she? She was obviously mm. very dedicated to sort of skill sharing and making sure that we are all the best playwrights we can be. Yeah, I love that. I love the fact that, you know, she yeah, she seems to be someone who's really sort of keen to, to help other people. And like she said, she gets a lot out of that from, from get, we can become a bit isolated and it's really nice that she's trying to create this community for us. Yeah, absolutely. And just from speaking with her as well, I appreciate the fact that they've got a, um, a feedback and sort of dramaturg service too, because I think it's good to know you can trust somebody's knowledge um when you're asking for that service yeah i think it is i mean it's a bit of a it's always been felt a bit of a funny one that because i mean you have to pay for it obviously but that idea of paying for someone to look at your script always feels a bit oh i don't know about that but actually i think there's a real advantage to it as well because uh yeah, you're paying for it and therefore that person's kind of under an obligation to tell you the truth, whether it's good or not, <laughs> which is a bit different from sort of talking to your friends, even in a writer's group. So uh, that's an interesting option, isn't it? Yeah, I think that um, going outside your peer group is always important when, you, when you're when looking at what's going on with your work. Everybody can lose a bit of objectivity if they know you mm. as a person and and somehow know your intention yeah um, that's true subconsciously they might bring that to their reading of your work so yeah, it's good definitely. to get somebody it's good to get somebody different and of course they bring a different experience a different context and culture perhaps to the yeah. to the um the play that you've written yeah one of the things i always think is um you know when if you tell someone about your play that you're working on often they'll go oh wow that's amazing but the thing is if they're a playwright as well probably the play that they've just written in their head when you told them your idea it's probably different from the one you're actually writing often better (laughs) (laughs) that's the thing but that's also a reason why we should never be put off if someone's written something similar Mm. by you similar to our own ideas, because we all write differently, don't we? We do, we do. Well, um, that'll do for this episode, I think. Uh, Join us again in a couple of weeks. As ever, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, please do subscribe. Um, That way you'll never miss an episode because you'll always get informed when there's a new one. And if you use the Apple Podcasts app, please do go on and give us five stars because it helps to push us up the ratings and it helps other people to find us. And We've got more and more people listening every time, which is really exciting. Um, So, yeah. So thanks very much for listening. Um, Keep writing and keep safe. And uh, we'll be back soon. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.